This is Equipping Eve, the podcast that seeks to equip women with fruits of truth from God's Word. In his second letter to the Corinthians, the Apostle Paul wrote, But I am afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, your minds will be led astray from the simplicity and purity of devotion to Christ. A sincere and pure devotion to Christ begins by being grounded in his word. So let's open our Bibles, ladies, and prepare to feast on the truth God has given us. Well, hello, ladies, and welcome to Equipping Eve. I'm your host, Erin Benziger. Thanks for tuning in today. And today we're going to continue our walk through the Gospel of John. And today we are in John chapter 10. So turn there, ladies, and we're going to jump right into it. This is, I know I say this every week, but this truly is one of my favorite chapters, I think, in all of Scripture, not just in the book of John. And it's because of the imagery that's here. It's because of the truths that Jesus shares and teaches here. And uh, if you've listened to Eve for any amount of time, you know that I love this picture of Jesus as the Good Shepherd, and this is where we find it here in John chapter 10. And this is a long chapter, so we're going to skim our way through it. Verse 1, Jesus said, Jesus is saying, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of a stranger. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. And I want to pause here, ladies, at that verse, because as we go on in the chapter, Jesus uses some imagery. He's, he's speaking metaphorically. The sheep hear my voice and they follow me. And people like to turn to this particular passage and say, well, see, God speaks to us. Jesus speaks to us and we hear his voice. Um, but here in verse 6, Jesus is pretty clear that he's speaking figuratively right? This figure of speech Jesus used with them. He's laying out what he's doing here. And um, people seem to not notice that, which is, you know, why context is so important. Verse 7, truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. And so Jesus is saying here, he's speaking about the leaders of Israel, the religious leaders of Israel, he's calling the Pharisees false teachers. That's what this is about here. Um, and there's a lot here that the, the Jews would have understood from the Old Testament scriptures um, about the nature of a shepherd. That's just from their culture. And about how the Old Testament spoke very clearly of these false shepherds and of a coming good shepherd. Verse 9, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And Jesus says that again in verse 14, I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. Jesus is the good shepherd. So he's, he's called himself the door, which is the picture of him being the only way to salvation. And he's called out already the false teachers here and saying that they are nothing but thieves and robbers. 
And now he's saying that he is this good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep. And Jesus is explaining here how he will obtain salvation for his people. Think back to Matthew verse uh, chapter 1, verse 21. He will save his people from their sins. I mean, that was declared at the outset of Jesus' life. Jesus' death was an actual atoning sacrifice offered up for a very specific people, his sheep, the church. And the true shepherd cares for his sheep even to the point of death. And again, the the, the people Jesus was speaking to would have understood this from their culture. And the flock, a shepherd's flock, will not follow another shepherd. They know the one who protects and sustains and saves them. And so how is this a familiar picture to them? outside of the fact that shepherds were very common in their culture and they understood the nature of that particular lifestyle. Well, back in Ezekiel 34, the prophet actually condemned the false shepherds of Israel. So we see that in Ezekiel 34 verses 1 through 10. And these are the hired hands that Jesus is talking about here in this pasture. Uh, Verse 12, he who is a hired hand and not a shepherd who does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he has a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. So, Jesus is saying to Pharisees, the religious leaders of the day, he's comparing them to these hired hands. And he's saying, you don't care for the people of Israel. You don't care for my people, the people of the church. The eternal souls of these people mean nothing to you ultimately because you are a false shepherd. But Jesus is the good shepherd. And this is prophesied in the Old Testament. Ezekiel 34 verses 11 through 12 say, I myself will search for my sheep and seek them out as a shepherd cares for his herd in the day when he is among his scattered sheep. So I will care for my sheep and will deliver them from all the places to which they were scattered on a cloudy and gloomy day. And so I think that's significant, ladies, and I just want to point that out, that this is what Jesus is doing here. I mean, he's condemning these false shepherds of Israel here. But let's keep going. Verse 16, I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I love this. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason, the Father loves me, because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father. So going back here, ladies, verses 16. There are sheep that are not of this fold. Jesus' salvation extends beyond the people of Israel. It is not about being born a Jew. It is about being a son or daughter of Abraham. And remember that Abraham was promised that he would be the father of many nations. This is about Jesus' salvation extending to Jews and Gentiles. It is available to all people. And there will be one flock and one shepherd. And that is so significant, ladies. So we should not lose sight of that. And he says there, there will be one flock, one shepherd. There are sheep that are not of this fold, and they will listen to my voice. Jesus' sheep will hear his voice. And I'm going to turn to J.C. Ryle again, as I'm doing frequently here in these messages through John, because his commentary is just so 
accessible and helpful and uh, it's one of my favorites. And Ryle says, um, Ryle says of um, the verses earlier, actually, that the sheep know my voice. He says, the thing taught in these words is a very curious one and may seem foolishness to the world. There is a spiritual instinct in most true believers, which generally enables them to distinguish between true and false teaching. And so, as we said, Jesus is distinguishing between the the false teachers of Israel, the false religious leaders, and himself as the good shepherd, the false shepherds and the true shepherds. Ryle says, when they hear unsound religious instruction, there is something within them which says this is wrong. When they hear the real truth as it is in Jesus, there is something in their hearts which responds, this is right. The careless man of the world may see no difference whatever between minister and minister, sermon and sermon. The poorest sheep of Christ, as a general rule, will distinguish things that differ, though he may sometimes be unable to explain why. And maybe that's been your experience. I know it's been mine as I grow um, spiritually, but you know, in the early days of being a Christian, or honestly, even before I was saved, I would hear things and think, well, that's just not right, and I don't understand why. I had a lot of that in college. I thought I was a Christian, but I wasn't. And after I got saved, I could look back and say, oh, now I understand why I was really uncomfortable with that book by Richard Foster or whatever because of the mysticism that was in there and God was protecting me. And as we're Christians, we have that natural discernment that God gives us. And as we study his word and we learn from him and from his word, we grow in that ability to distinguish truth from error. And so you don't need a blog to tell you who the bad teachers are. And I'm not saying that those aren't necessarily helpful in certain contexts, but I'm saying, ladies, for a lot of years, we didn't have blogs telling us over and over and over and over and over again that Joel Osteen's a bad teacher. Christians just know. Ryle says, let us beware of despising the spiritual instinct. Whenever, whatever a sneering world may please to say, it is one of the peculiar marks of the indwelling of the Holy Ghost. And I just think that's really um, an interesting side note here that he calls out. Okay, we have to keep going. So in verses 22 through 30, we really see Jesus proclaiming his deity. Uh, Let's see. Verse 24, the Jews gathered around him and said to him, how long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my father's name bear witness about me, but you do not believe because you are not among my sheep. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all and no one is able to snatch them out of the father's hand. I and the father are one. And so I love these verses because of Christ's proclamation of his deity, his equality with God. He is God. And I love also this promise of the preservation of the saints, which we've talked about a few episodes ago. No one can snatch us out of the Father's hand. If you have been saved, you were saved by grace through faith in Christ alone. It was a work of God that saved you, and it is a work of God that will preserve you. Nothing you do will keep you saved. We are dependent 100% on God for our salvation, for obtaining it in the first place and for maintaining it, if you will. Um, And that is part of why we are called sheep. We are wholly dependent on Christ. Sheep are a very dependent animal. 
and we are dependent on God for all things. And so let's keep going, ladies. Verses uh, 31 to the end of the, ch the chapter, the Jews picked up stones again to stone him. Jesus answered, I have shown you many good works from the Father. For which of them are you going to stone me? The Jews answered him, it's not for a good work that we are going to stone you, but for blasphemy, because you, being a man, make yourself God. Verse 37, if I am not doing the works of my father, then do not believe me. But if I do them, even though you do not believe me, believe the works that you may know and understand that the father is in me and I am in the father. And again, they sought to arrest him, but he escaped from their hands. And he went away again across the Jordan to the place where John had been baptizing at first. And there he, re he remained and many came to him and said, John did no sign, but everything that John said about this man was true. And many believed in him there. And it's interesting to me that Jesus is saying to the Pharisees, listen, if you're not going to believe the work, the words that I'm saying, believe the works. And again, John, the apostle John is writing this gospel and recording the works he's recording demonstrating Christ's deity, Christ's identity, who he is, so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ and by believing have life in his name. Jesus is doing these signs to testify to his deity. And this chapter is all about Jesus being God. It's about Jesus being the good shepherd, the true shepherd in a world full of false shepherds. And it's about the reality and the truth and the wonderful comfort that he calls his sheep. He preserves his sheep. His sheep know him. And he will call them to him. He is building his church. He is gathering all of us. And there is one flock and one shepherd. Ryle says that Jesus attaches a great importance to his miracles. He appeals to them as the best evidence of his own divine mission. He bids the Jews look at them and deny them if they can. If I do not do the works of my father, believe me not. But if I do, though ye believe not me, believe the works. The mighty miracles which our Lord performed during the three years of his earthly ministry are probably not considered as much as they ought to be in the present day. These miracles were not few in number. Forty times and more we read in the Gospels of his doing things entirely out of the ordinary course of nature, healing sick people in a moment, raising the dead with a word, casting out devils, calming winds and waves in an instant, walking on the water as on solid ground. These miracles were not all done in private among friends. Many of them were wrought in the most public manner under the eyes of unfriendly witnesses. We are so familiar with these things that we are apt to forget the mighty lesson they teach. They teach that he who worked these miracles must be nothing less than very God. They stamp his doctrines and precepts with the mark of divine authority. And that is so important for us to remember, ladies. Okay, as we come to the close of this chapter, as an endorsement, ladies, I might as well at this point go ahead and recommend to you uh, J.C. Ryle's full set of commentaries, expository thoughts on the Gospels. So there are um, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I think John has three volumes. I think Luke has two. Matthew and Mark have one each. I'm trying to see into my bookshelf here as I speak. I know uh, many episodes ago, I recommended to you daily readings from all four Gospels, um, which is a devotional that's been compiled from these commentaries of J.C. Ryle's. Um, but the full commentaries are really helpful as well. Uh, as you can see, very accessible, very practical. Um, I'm very thankful for uh, J.C. Ryle and the impact that he's had on my spiritual growth. So I recommend that to you 
as well, ladies. And ladies, as a parting thought for the day, the miracles of Jesus that we read about so much, you know, as we're Christians, we read through the Gospels, we read them over and over, and they do, they become familiar to us. So as a parting thought, ladies, I encourage you to stop and ponder these, ponder these stories because they are not just fairy tales. They are true narratives. They are history, things that happened. You know, stop, contemplate those, journal it out if you want to, talk about it with your family and friends. Think about how these miracles attest to Jesus' divinity and what does that mean? What does that mean in the grand scheme of things? And as an extra homework assignment, because this is my favorite picture of Jesus, how does the idea of Jesus as the good shepherd comfort you? Shepherds are pretty distanced from many of us in Western culture. Um, It's just not something we see. We live in cities and suburbs and, and we don't see shepherds. So think about that. Think about that picture. Think about what the Old Testament teaches about the promise of a true shepherd to come. And how does that bring you comfort to see Jesus as the good shepherd who lays down his life for his sheep? Okay, ladies, until next time, get in your Bibles, get on your knees, and get equipped. Thanks for listening.